Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to talk Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond on PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton will donate $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective for every quote they give you when you say 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour, and it is our pleasure as he joins us every Friday to be welcoming the Colonel Gabriel P. D. Armand, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Good morning, Colonel. How you doing, Tim? What's up, man? Jackson told me you sounded chipper this morning, so that ain't number one. Stunning, candidly, um, but thrilled. To- <laughs> <laughs> But 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 thrilled to hear it, which means I'm not going to uh, lose you early in our conversation by bringing up the outfits and the white on white on white, and I'll save that for the very end, and then that way you can just hang up. Perfect. Yep, that's that. that we kind of we strategized this. This is actually the first time I've known what they were wearing this weekend. So uh, <laughs> good to know. Yeah, now it's it's you were you were locked in yesterday. <laughs> but, Missouri got a commitment yesterday, and there were more comments on the uniforms than the commitment on our site. So clearly I'm in touch with what the people want to know. Uh, it's the same way in Tuscaloosa and Athens. So let me ask you this, Colonel. Uh, when, when the number came out for tomorrow's 3 p.m. kickoff in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, people were surprised, I think, that uh, South Carolina was only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Since then, and you might not be aware of this also, since you're covering a wide variety of things uh, outside of uh, spreads and uniforms, that the number is now down to three-and-a-half. South Carolina is only favored by three-and-a-half, so it's actually moved more in the favor of Missouri. And, and Jackson, who monitors these markets, like Sam Ace Rothstein, says that the money and the volume of bets is on Missouri. And Todd Furman, who does a gambling show, uh, he says the best bet of the weekend is Missouri. Um, So you, of course, covering the Tigers and also know a good deal about South Carolina. What is your thought on this? I mean, I'm not – a lot of people were surprised at the line. And it's funny, every time a a line comes out, Missouri fans are the first one to say, well, that's not nearly enough. Put your mortgage on the other team. You know, but Missouri has played four SEC games, and they've all been within a touchdown. Why wouldn't it be? uh, You know, why wouldn't it be a pretty low number? Missouri plays close games. Um, And so I fully expect this game to be close. The other thing is, these are the same teams. I I mean, for all the, you know, uh, angst about Brady Cook and Missouri's offense, Brady Cook's having a better year than Spencer Rattler. Right. 14 months ago, the Heisman favorite at a different school. Right, right. Missouri is as good offensively as South Carolina, and they're better defensively. The numbers, you look at the numbers, and you would say this is an even game, maybe with a slight edge to Missouri. Um, Now, the difference is South Carolina has found a way to win games. Missouri's found a way to lose them. So 
you can look at that one of two ways. Either South Carolina has been lucky and Missouri hasn't, or good teams or better teams find a way to come out on the good side of those things and bad teams find a way to come out on the bad side. I, I don't know which one is true, but we might get a little bit of an answer tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, what Furman's premise is, and I think some people could certainly make this case specific to the Auburn game, is Missouri has been unlucky. And right. on the other side of things, one could make a case with some of the fluky things that happen with South Carolina uh, and A&M that South Carolina has been on the good side. And not playing Will Levis. Yes, and then, and, then go, and then going back to the Kentucky game, I guess it'll be three weeks ago tomorrow that they didn't deal with Will Levis in Kentucky. So from that standpoint, the premise being, and this is where I was going to go with my master's thesis when we talked about it, that South Carolina's perception nationally, and perhaps with their fans, is overvalued from what their real reality is, and Missouri's actual caliber is lower, specifically with their fans, but then perhaps nationally, and that is why sharp gamblers are looking at Missouri as a great value this weekend. Yeah, and, and I understand that point of view, and it might be right. My concern about it is Missouri's best win is, I don't know, either Vanderbilt or Louisiana Tech. I don't know which one of those teams is better. Um, every time they've played somebody that's like even – mediocre they've managed to lose the game and yes it was bad luck against Auburn to some extent um but when it when it happens over when you continue to lose these games the idea that it's just bad luck is a little bit you know blown out of the water to me um because in the end all anybody cares about is did you win the game or did you lose the game and and South Carolina's won them for the most part and Missouri hasn't so much of what will take place, to, from my standpoint, and if you look at the, the number, the, the, the total is 46, which, therefore, when you do the math backwards from the total, yeah, I, that's what I was about to say. That means that they're looking at about a 25 to 22 or 24 to 21 in that range game if the spread is three, three and a half, and the total is at that point. And I certainly could see Missouri win this game, no question about it. But I just have a tough time seeing that offense put up those points. And that's where we get into the conversation about the offense. And I know there's a lot of attention on the quarterback. And I want to ask your opinion on on what we could possibly see tomorrow there. But also the offensive line and uh, what Eli Drinkwitz had to say about the Missouri offense, both with health and what he plans to do this Saturday uh, across the board offensively. Yeah, they, they seem to be, I think, pretty healthy at this point. I mean, Hyron White's not playing, but he hasn't played all year. Mm-hmm. Chance Looper's not playing, but he hasn't played all year. So I think everybody that could be available is available so far as I know. And they just – Missouri's got two problems. One, they just aren't consistent enough to, like, put together a long drive, right? I mean – somewhere in a 12-play drive, they're going to make a mistake that kills them, whether it's a penalty, a turnover, whatever it might be. The other problem about Missouri is, and I've said this a number of times, it's almost like they say, okay, what's the one thing we can't do here on offense? Okay, let's go do that thing. You know, whether it's Brady Cook sacked at the two or Nate Pete fumbling at the 20 or a penalty on first and goal from the one, it's not just that they've made mistakes. It's that they've come in such crippling times that they're like seven-point, ten-point swings in games a lot of the times. And I mean, there's a difference between a drop pass on second and seven and a drop pass on third and three. 
uh, at the 15-yard line, yeah. you know, and Missouri seems to be doing a lot of the latter. So with, with, with regards to what Drinkwitz had to say that I think caught a lot of people's attention this week about how he's kind of looking inward with regards to improving the situation offensively and perhaps handing the reins over to play calling uh, next year. Number one, uh, you I know are, are there, so you have a better idea of what's going on in the context on the question and then the answer. Uh, and then also your opinion on, on that and what Drinkwitz had to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, and credit to Dave Matter for asking the question because people have wanted it asked for a while, and I just said, my answer has been, guys, this isn't something that's going to happen during the season, so I, I don't know that it's a question that needs to be asked till the end of the year. Dave said, you know, could you see yourself being a head coach who didn't call plays? And and Drinkwood said, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's something that, that we could look at, and uh, we're not going to look at it till the end of the year. And, and he, I thought the best thing he said was, this is a situation I've created, so it's my job to fix it. And the, the concerning thing to me isn't just that this offense isn't good. It's that he hasn't had a good offense in three years, and each one has gotten progressively worse. Because if you look at it, you know, year one, Connor Bazelak was, he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was decent. And they, when they got inside the five-yard line, they knew if they handed Larry Roundtree the ball enough times, they were going to score. Then last year, he had a running back that set a school record in, in rushing yards and almost nothing else. Well, this year's offense is basically last year's offense without Tyler Beatty. And, you know, there are a number of ways you can go with it. Uh, number one, Drinkwitz is supposed to be an offensive guy and his side of the ball. I mean, the only side of the ball that's good is one that, honestly, he's not super involved with. Uh, number two, you know, Tyler Beatty and Larry Roundtree were here when he got here. And he inherited them. And mm-hmm. now, without those guys, they're worse. And then number three to me, and this is the big concern, is it's early to say this. But next year, it won't be early to say this. These recruiting classes that have had all these four and five stars, they've got to get on the field. I mean, if this team is this bad, and these guys like Tavoris Jones and Sam Horn and some of these other guys aren't able to beat these guys out, what does that say? Now, it's their first year in the program, so like I said, it's probably a little early to make that judgment, but next year those guys have to play. Colonel, final question for you. Um, is it all Brady Cook all day tomorrow, or do you think there's any chance that we will see someone else? I mean, if you didn't play him last week against Vanderbilt, I don't see a scenario where you're playing him in playing Sam Horn this week. Um, and I think the general belief is while Brady Cook might not be a great option right now, he's a better option than Jack Abraham. So I think the only reason you'd see somebody else at quarterback tomorrow is probably health. Now, I, the flip side is what if tomorrow's the day the dam finally breaks on the defense? And like, yeah. what if this is a 7-3 game at halftime and the defense finally just, not consciously, but just, we can't keep doing this every week, right? And then South Carolina scores 21 points in the third quarter. You're down 28-3 in the fourth. By all means, throw Sam Horn out there because you've got to get him on the field sometime. And I don't care if that means when you're up by four touchdowns or down by four touchdowns, but you've got to give the kids some live action at some point. So, I mean, I don't see Missouri necessarily being in a position to be in a blowout, and play, blowout victory in playing Sam Horn in the fourth quarter. So I think the only way you see somebody besides Brady is 
probably not a real good scenario for Missouri. There it is. Gabe DeArmond. Read more coverage at PowerMizzou.com. Follow him on Twitter at PowerMizzou. The Colonel every Friday here on Balloon Party and every Monday on TMA. Brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you, Colonel. Have a wonderful weekend, kind sir. Same, guys. We'll talk to you next week. There he is, Gabe Jarman, with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN, and he's brought to you by James Carlton. On the other side of our commercial break, we will talk it over regarding Adam Wainwright's comments to Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, Matt Rocchio on the opening drive about a variety of topics, but specifically Nolan Arnato. That's coming up next in a matter of moments here on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.